The following is a presentation of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Powered by Learfield. Welcome to Inside Eagle Nation, your official podcast for Georgia Southern Athletics. Fantrice's debut continues to impress. Four touchdown passes has just tied a Georgia Southern school record. It is 44-7. Inside Eagle Nation is brought to you by Morris Bank. It pays to bank blue. Bud Light. Responsibility has its rewards. Enjoy responsibly. And by Savannah Hilton Head International Airport. Shot fake to get around Anderson. Lane, there's another highlight reel dunk. Check the rim and check the bolts. He almost ripped it off the backboard. It's a game-by-game thing with Kamari Brown. Eagles fans, this is your all-access pass to all things true blue. It's time to take you inside Eagle Nation. And as Coach Russell will say, you ain't seen nothing yet. And now, here's your host, the voice of the Eagles, Danny Reed. Eagle Nation, it is great to see you again. Another episode of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast here on the Georgia Southern Sports Network, powered by Learfield. Truly is the confluence of the winter and the spring sports seasons with lots to cover, lots to prepare for, and not a lot of time to do it. So let's get right to it. Beginning today with Georgia Southern men's tennis, opening the home portion of their scheduled last weekend against the Citadel, and they swept a Saturday doubleheader against the Bulldogs 6-1 and 7-0, improving their record to 2-1. They'll next be in action at Kennesaw State on February 11th at 1 p.m., and then at Chattanooga on the 12th at 2 p.m. News from Georgia Southern men's soccer. New head coach Lee Squires completing his staff by hiring James Smith as an assistant coach. Not only did he assist for Coach Squires up at Lander, but also played for him for four years at Lee's McRae. Men's soccer anticipating some offseason workouts getting ready for the fall. And we welcome James Smith to Eagle Nation. Women's Rifle continued its unbeaten mark in Southern Conference play by defeating Wofford this past Sunday up in Spartanburg. Career high in the air rifle for Anna Mayo and once again Addie Burrow took center stage. She set the fourth highest small bore score in Georgia Southern history and finished first in all three disciplines. The Eagles will now come back home on February the 4th against UAB starting at 8 a.m. over at the Shooting Sports Education Center. That will serve as senior day for Lillian Herring, Ashley Judson, Anna Mayo, and Gabby Morrow. Georgia Southern Baseball anxiously anticipating the start of the 2023 season just a couple of weeks away. The week of evening with the All-Stars has finally arrived with the event coming up on Friday night over at the Neesmith Lane Ballroom. Cannot wait to hear Andrew Jones speak to Eagle Nation about his time with the Atlanta Braves and maybe it'll get some notice to get him into the Hall of Fame. We're trying, Andrew. Don't you worry. Also announced last week, Georgia Southern Baseball will hold a little Eagles clinic this Saturday starting at 3 p.m. over at J.I. Clement Stadium after a scheduled practice. It is free for all children to participate ages 6 through 12, but the athletic department is asking that parents or guardians go to gseagles.com slash littleeaglesbaseball because there is a waiver form and a photo release form that need to be completed before participation. You're more than welcome to register on site, but please do visit online if you get the opportunity to get those filled out ahead of time. gseagles.com slash littleeaglesbaseball. Clinic is presented by Optum Healthcare and Statesboro Chick-fil-A, registration beginning at 1.30, 3 p.m. clinic, ages 6 through 12 at J.I. Clement Stadium. 
Some Georgia Southern football news. We mentioned that there was one staff position to fill after wide receivers coach B.J. Johnson has been hired and offensive line coach T.J. Woods only needing to find someone to lead the running back room, which, as we know, is always well-stocked in Statesboro. We have the opportunity to introduce you to Taylor Reed, somebody that has spent time at three Power 5 schools over his brief coaching tenure. The last two years, he has been on staff for Brett Bielema up at Illinois. He's also spent time at Auburn, Arkansas, and Central Arkansas. Arkansas, where he not only played quarterback for the Bears, but was on staff in 2018. That completes Clay Helton's coaching staff, and we can now tell you that spring practice will begin on March the 21st. They will go every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, locations to be announced on social media and gseagles.com. And all of that leads into this year's spring game. It'll be April the 22nd, noon kickoff at Allen E. Paulson Stadium. It will be streamed on ESPN Plus if you're unable to make it that weekend, but it will be chock full of events, part of a True Blue and Barbecue Weekend presented by Dolan's Barbecue with the second ever True Blue Barbecue Competition. Awards given to first, second, and third place. You can check gseagles.com for more information. Spring Game is presented by Southern Exchange, Savannah International Airport, and Morris Bank. And not only do you get Georgia Southern football, but you can have a chance to check out Georgia Southern softball, hosting a Sunbelt Series against South Alabama that weekend, all leading up to the EFAA Reverse Raffle, 6 p.m. that Saturday night, the 22nd of April, inside Hanner Fieldhouse. Planning for the event is ongoing, but please do stay tuned to gseagles.com and all social media platforms getting ready for Georgia Southern football spring practice and spring game as part of the True Blue and Barbecue Weekend, April 22nd, right here in Statesboro. And since we're on the topic of Georgia Southern football, congratulations to former quarterback and running back Jarek McKinnon for earning an opportunity to play in Super Bowl 57 in two weeks with his Kansas City Chiefs as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagle Nation, I'm sure you remember Jarek McKinnon. Second down, 15. Ball at the 34-yard line. Ellison under center. Gives to McKinnon. Leapfrocks through the line. He's free. He's across midfield. Down the far side hash. Has Walker to block. He'll split the defenders inside the 10. Pulled down at the center of the Bulldog. Three-yard line. Franklin first down for the Georgia Southern Eagles. Second down, 10 at the Gator 14-yard line. Go Van, your B-back. McKinnon and Bryant, your slot back. Ball middle of the field. Here's the snap. Quick toss. McKinnon right side. Great block. Gets him to the 10 to the 5. Put an Eagle 6 on it. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Yeah, the Jed did a lot of that during his four years in Statesboro. One of the most electrifying performers to ever wear blue and white. Got to think back a couple of years when he was on roster with the San Francisco 49ers and they played the Kansas City Chiefs. He was injured and didn't get a chance to participate, even though he did go through some social media videos interviewing his teammates. And you could check out those from a couple of years ago, just Jet being Jet. But man, what an opportunity to play on the biggest stage of his life. Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles see if the Jet can get his hands on that Lombardi trophy. Georgia Southern women's basketball had its first split weekend of the season, beginning on Thursday at home against Louisiana. Cajuns built a 19-point lead, only to see the Eagles come all the way back to cut that to two. But the Cajuns outlasted Georgia Southern in a 68-58 final score, despite the best efforts of Taryn Ward, who recorded her seventh double-double of the season with 15 points and 10 rebounds. From there, a Friday road trip to the Wiregrass to take on the high-scoring Troy Trojans, and Troy used a strong end of the second quarter to 
to run away from the Eagles in the second half to the tune of a 100-77 victory. Taya Gibson, though, career highs with 21 points and 16 rebounds as part of her third career double-double, but the defeat did drop Georgia Southern to 13-6 overall and 5-5 in conference play. They begin a homestand this weekend. Thursday, it's Southern Knot State, the whiteout inside Hander Fieldhouse for a 6 p.m. tip, also celebrating women and girls in sports day. Continuing the homestand on Saturday at 2 p.m. against James Madison, that will be women's basketball's salute to service. Also announced, the Georgia Southern Women's Basketball Program will be hosting its women's clinic on February the 18th for ages 5 through 14 with check-in located at Hander Fieldhouse starting at 945. The clinic will begin at 1030 in advance of that afternoon's matchup against Coastal Carolina for Senior Day. It's also Pack the House in Pink. The team will be wearing pink uniforms, pink rally towels will be given away, so this is a really special day for the women's basketball program. For more information, please visit gseagles.com slash wbbclinic. That's gseagles.com slash wbbclinic. This is a free clinic. However, just like with the Little Eagles Baseball Clinic, parents and guardians are invited to go online to make sure to fill out that waiver form and photo release form. That's February 18th. 945 check-in, 1030 clinic in advance of women's basketball's senior day home game against Coastal Carolina. Meanwhile, for the men, they started their four-game road trip last weekend in San Marcos, Texas, first time going to Strayan Arena since February of 2020. Eagles got off to a tremendous start, a 10 to nothing lead two and a half minutes into the game, but Texas State got some contributions from unlikely sources. Eagles did have a chance at the end, giving Tyron Moore a look from three from the left wing inside of five seconds, but the Bobcats held on for a 70-67 win, sending Georgia Southern to a 12-10 record and 5-4 in conference play. Head coach Brian Berg joined us on the Ford Locker Room wrap-up, talking about how the Eagles had to account for the loss of Ty Strickland and how Tyron Moore seamlessly stepped in, scoring a career-high 19 points. Yeah, he was able to be extremely aggressive early in this game. Did some really good things actually on both sides of the ball, so it was good to see Tyron play well. I thought the execution in the last play, you know, guys executed, all five guys were able to execute, got a clean, pretty clean look, uh, but the ball didn't fall. Uh, but that wasn't the game. The game was uh, lost in a lot of those winning intangibles. How is that something that you can properly address with a game coming up Saturday night against the first-place Cajuns? You know, you're going to travel. Uh, we travel tonight, and, you know, you're going to be able to work the film whenever we get to the hotel, go to our normal prep, you know, the next day, and then have the ability to uh, – Get ready for, for Lafayette. Eagles then loaded up the steel horse for a trip to Lafayette, Louisiana, to the Cajun Dome, where nobody else in the league had had the success that Georgia Southern did at the Ragin' Cajuns. Four consecutive wins at the Cajun Dome. First time that an opponent had done that since Southern Miss had won four straight there from 1989 through 1995. And despite being without Ty Strickland and Andre Saversoff being a late scratch, Georgia Southern got some contributions from unlikely sources as Derek Harris and Nate Bradford stepped in, helping the Eagles build a 19-point halftime lead against a Cajun squad that had won seven straight games and was tied for first in the league with Southern Miss. But the Cajuns rallied in the second half, dominating on the glass, and Georgia Southern couldn't rally at the end, ultimately falling 94-87. to Eagles ended the trip with a 5-5 conference record, 12-11 overall, with still two more to play on the road, which we'll get to in a moment. But Brian Burke did join us on the Ford Locker Room wrap-up. A lot of guys stepped up, especially during that uh, time period in the first half. I thought some guys really played really confident. I was really glad to see some guys step up during that time period. And then we were able to defend in the first half. Uh, give credit to uh, Lafayette, where they came out with the intensity in the second half. Um, games like this, like 
I think our team and our ball club's playing around 31 minutes of solid basketball. There's some really good basketball that took place. The other nine minutes, I'll take ownership of that as being the head coach. We, we self-destructed in the second half. Of course, to being able to take care of the basketball, press offense, and then at the just the overall ball club, we got to get better. We got to find a way to be able to to play 40 minutes. Uh, but good credit to Lafayette. It was not having Andre. It was not having Ty. You had to deal with foul trouble pretty much the entire game. It was Caden early, but then the fouls picked up even more so in that second half. But to see Derek Harris play. 13 minutes, career-high 10 points. He hits those two threes. Nate Bradford was excellent in his 10 minutes on court with those two assists, including the one to Carlos. Being able to step up is one thing, but being able to do it here at one of the more hostile environments in the league, that has to mean something for your guys. Yeah, no question, Danny. Those guys' names were called. They were ready to play. Really proud of uh, the production they had today. Um, they show up every day to work. You know, and then we faced a little adversity with our lineup, some guys nagging some like some injuries. And those guys, their name was called, and they showed up. And really proud of their efforts. Now for men's basketball, it's a trip to Atlanta on Thursday for part two of Southern Knot State. Looking to sweep the regular season series from the Panthers for the first time since 1992. 7 o'clock tip-off from the all-new GSU Convocation Center. We'll be on the air at 6.30 with the Cutwater Spirits countdown to tip-off. Eagles and Panthers just a week and a half after the first beating. Georgia Southern holding on for a 58-52 win two Saturdays ago inside Hanner Fieldhouse when the defense slammed the door on the Panthers, holding them to 17 consecutive missed shots during that first half and ending the Eagles' three-game losing streak against State. After that, Georgia Southern flies to Norfolk on Saturday, visiting Chartway Arena for the first time as Sunbelt foes. It's the Eagles and Old Dominion. Georgia Southern will be looking for some revenge on the Monarchs after that overtime loss in Statesboro, the second weekend of conference play. We'll be on the air at 6.30. Ball goes up at 7 from the Hampton Roads. That'll take us to our first time out when we return on this week's edition of Inside Eagle Nation as sit-down with Director of Athletics Jared Benko. We'll recap what was a very successful fall and preview what we hope was an even more successful spring off the best spring in program history. Jared Benko next on Inside Eagle Nation. It's time to pack your bags because Savannah Hilton Head International offers nonstop flights to a variety of major cities, including Denver, Miami, New York City, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Cleveland, and many more. Eight airlines, 26 nonstop destinations. Savannah Hilton Head International, the official airport of Georgia Southern Athletics. See where the airport can take you at flysav.com. Georgia Southern men's basketball is hunting for its first Sunbelt Conference championship. At Eagle Nation, we need you to pack Hanner Fieldhouse. The Eagles are back home Thursday, February 9th against James Madison at 7 p.m. for fight night and Saturday, February 11th against Arkansas State at 3 for salute to service. Cheer on the Eagles as they host the Dukes Thursday, February 7th at 7 and the Red Wolves Saturday, February 9th at 3. Georgia Southern basketball. Get your tickets now. Back with the Inside Eagle Nation podcast, and we always have to check in with Jared Benko periodically because in this instance, it's sort of a mid-year check-in, but it's also a spring preview with some sports having started their spring season, but others are about to start. Jared, appreciate the time. No, it's always good being with you, Danny. And yeah, I tell you, I was looking at the calendar. I'm up here in Atlanta for Sunbelt meetings, and before you know it, it's March and April, and we're kind of hitting the, the final stretch of the academic year. This is year one of a new Sunbelt Conference, 14 football-playing schools, which has to have upped the ante for Eagle Athletics to try to keep pace and in some ways set the tone. How have you felt that Georgia Southern has done in etching their own place in this conference in that first year of this new-look league? 
Listen, I mean, the, the four new schools in the league obviously brought a, a high level of competitiveness and the conference. And I've shared with you and others, you know, we're always going to index ourselves against ourselves relative to we're, we're trying to be the best version of ourselves, whether it be from a academic performance, athletic performance, fundraising performance, whatever the metric you're using. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to be obtuse not to sit there and realize you've got some high resource schools that are coming to the league. But I also would tell you too, you know, Danny, I mean, the best want to beat, beat the best and you know, play the best. And so for us, the Sunbelt continues to get better. In fact, I was in meetings today, we we're talking about baseball and softball in particular for the Sunbelt and how, you know, baseball pre the expansion last year, we got in four teams, right? To the postseason, uh, one softball. The previous year we had, I think, one baseball, four softball. So you've gotten five teams in the last two years, and that's without the, the expansion of, of the, the four schools coming to the league. The whole genesis or point of sharing that is that that's just a microcosm of across the league. And so I think we're doing really well. You know, we had a, you know, for Coach Hilton and what he did, and I will get into football here a little bit, what he did in year one, you know, relative to taking us to a bowl game, beating App State, top 25 win at home, and then beating Nebraska on the road. That, that's, a, that's a really good resume to build right out the gate. And then you look at, obviously, women's soccer, you know, winning the Sun Belt in the fall. Volleyball had another year, but then you really start looking at both basketball that are in contention. And then you have four teams, you know, for us going to the spring with the highest preseason ranking ever. And now we've got to deliver on that, right? Obviously, but but our competitiveness continues to go up. And oh, by the way, you know, we just had another record GPA 3.08 in the fall. So uh, and that's coming on the heels again, that record fundraising. So yeah, of course we're biased and we're proud of our accomplishments uh, collectively, Danny. But you know, we're hitting on all strides right now and all cylinders and obviously excited about the future. Softball is just over a week away from getting going in Tuscaloosa. Baseball is just over two weeks away from its home opener against West Virginia. We know both have been involved in renovation projects. Baseball is on the verge of a multi-million dollar project that's been in the works for months now. But with the kind of momentum that baseball has built and what looks like softball is going to build going into 23, where do you see those two programs going forward? Well, I mean, continue to, you know, obviously at over to sin. I think you, know, you have to look at the sports and stuff. You know, baseball Coach Hennon's been an annual contender. You know, last year, obviously, hosting a regional was a program best, right, a program first. And so, you know, when we got done with the season, you know, everybody knew that we we obviously, you know, we're trying to push as hard as we can at every facility possible. We have the communication center really kicks off early, early mid-February. So we'll have $80 million in the projects officially started, not just, you know, in the process of being started. And this baseball facility, and we'll get to talk about it in a little bit, eight to nine million dollars, excuse me, venture. And so you had some other projects. We're at ninety million dollars in projects, which is substantial. We we took our time this fall. Coach Hinn has been involved, and we really did a lot of uh, assessing best practices and the best spaces across you know stadiums across the country. And so we're really excited about this project. And so I share all that with you because our baseball program, our, we may know bones about it. Our goal is to get to Omaha every year. And listen, I've been to schools that have been to Omaha. It's not easy, right? You got to obviously put yourself in position to to be in contention, and you got to take care of business when, when those opportunities come about. Uh, and then softball, listen, you know, Coach Perkins, um, obviously known, known her for 20-plus years. I'm, I'm aging myself, right? She think back, she probably says she's getting old too. But, you know, listen, what she's been able to do already in year two, you know, year one, you know, it's obviously coming in and establishing standards really from a roster changeover, uh, I'd say a roster fulfillment piece. I mean, we, we, we brought in some really talented student-athletes, both freshmen and also through the transfer portal. And so their competitiveness is going to be uh, exponentially better. And, and I would tell you that baseball has been a great example for softball. We want to be annual contenders, and Coach Hennon has done that. Our goal with all our programs and softball is so different to be that annual contender, and it doesn't happen overnight. But with Coach Perkins' leadership and her staff's leadership, we're really excited about the future of softball here at Georgia Southern, too.
you know, the far-reaching baseball project is going to make the third base and left field area maybe dwarf what Georgia Tech has done within the last couple of years. The renderings look absolutely yeah. awesome. But the social media tease from recently behind the Blue Monster, there could be some things coming as soon as the start of this season as well. Yeah, no, so we've got, you know, through a partnership with, with the Great Southern Wood, very generous Overture donating some uh, gift and con to uh, obviously some of their products. And so we've got a 105 foot deck we're building, which is going to be, in my opinion, very similar, you know, what we had at Mississippi stage just in terms of that outfield atmosphere. And so it's going to be uh, five feet up in the air. It's going to obviously have two um, ingress, egress steps on each side. It'll be about 10 feet in depth. And so, you know, we've gone back and tinkered with the model a little bit. We'll probably put some umbrellas up there in some stands uh, because again, it'd be of the fences eight feet tall. You'll, you know, everybody will be able to see every fence, obviously. And then we're going to pour a concrete pad right behind it, put some grills out there, some tables and chairs, really make it a experiential area for all of our fans. You know, one of the things, Danny, you and I have talked about probably in nauseam is baseball is such a communal sport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could say the same thing about football and tailgating, but baseball, as far as watching the game, is a communal sport. And so we're really excited about bringing that family-type, you know, friend atmosphere into the outfield. And we'll sell those, those tickets, single-game tickets, and we'll put out some kind of FAQs on that. It'll be a single game purchase and we're going to allow people to bring in coolers and obviously bring in food and, and just have a great time. And, you know, we, we always talk about being responsible. I know our fans and, and uh, donors and students will be responsible, but I think it adds a different element, quite frankly, to J.I. And if you go out there right now, all the green that's been in the stadium, you know, I actually spent about two years asking why I guess some of the railings were green and up on the, um, the structure itself on home plate, and no one really could ever give me a great answer. So we've actually repainted those navy. We've got a extension down the right field, which is going to allow the right field area to be open like it was at regionals. We thought the kids really did a great job. I was telling someone today the wall ball was probably going away. We'll probably have more of those um, children, including my own, uh, down there in right field line. You know, really trying to make sure everything's consistent in our brand and, and what you'll see like we did this year at Paulson. You know, we're really proud of obviously being blue and white and our, our, our colors and so we're going to make sure everything matches on brand. And so the last piece we're working on, too, we've ordered three shade structures. Danny, they're 10 by 10 structures. We're going to put two down the first baseline and one down the third baseline. And so part of that is going to try to get some shade because, as we know, when we start really getting into April, definitely May, um, it's getting really warm, right? And so part of that is trying to offer up some permanent shade to our fans. And so we're, we're constantly, the, the moral, the genesis of me sharing all this with you is that every year we go into every venue trying to find ways to, to get better. And sometimes that's to process improvement sometimes that's to infrastructure changes whatever that maybe scheduling better opponents whatever the case is you know this year for us at ji a lot of this is being done to not only enhance the game the atmosphere but also too to really kind of tee up that that project that's coming on board as soon as we can get there you train for this all year endless hours of cardio conditioning and weights and now you are ready Ready to trek back to your seat from the concession stand. Through the lines, lost fans, and that mascot who wants you to do a little dancey dance. All without spilling a drop of your ice-cold Bud Light. Welcome back to football, sports fans. And one of the biggest undertakings in school history is about to get going with the Convocation Center. We know we may be a couple of years away from experiencing the fruits of all of those labors, but with the theme of Georgia Southern basketball, it's been a lot of improvement inside Hander this year. The women are nationally ranked in a number of different categories. Brian Berg is by far having his best season. They have been a top five team ever since league play started. Watching from your chair, what has made the difference this year on the men's and women's basketball side? Yeah, I'll start on the women's side. Yes, you know, Coach Howard plays an exciting 
same brand of basketball. And, you know, really for her, I think you know, the talent wise, we're very deep this year. And I, and I think she's still, and I can't speak for Coach Howard, but, you know, I think she still is trying to figure out the right lineup at each time. And so really, you know, when you play us in women's basketball, I mean, you, you better bring your offensive game to that contest because we're going to score. Right. And so I think she would tell you, too, that defensively, we, as every team does, we want to continue to get better there. But I've been really uh, encouraging us, particularly Danny on the road. You know, going to James Madison is a great example of getting a big time win. And so this team's best basketball is ahead of them. Yeah. And uh, like any coach, you're trying to be more consistent. You know, with Coach Berg, I, I think a couple of things, you know, one, you know, I share with people, listen, Coach Berg would be the first to tell you that you know, he might win more than 13 games last year. But I also have to remind people that when Coach Berg got here, whether it's Coach Berger or any other coach, we had two remaining student-athletes on the entire roster. And in fact, only one of those is on the roster now with Johnny. You know, when you're trying to build out a team in COVID, yeah, and you can't meet them, we, we hit on some, we missed on some. But I think what you're seeing this year, going into year three, of, of the hard work by Coach Berger and the staff of getting the right holes filled, quite frankly, like just for example, a guard play. The guard play has been significantly better this year. Well, it's not a coincidence it's making the three, four, and five positions better as well. You know, I talked to Coach Berger today, and, and you know, it, it's like maturation of a program learning to win is one thing and learning to win consistently is another and so i think you know just like the other day i was talking to him you know i think our guys and you're always obviously playing one game at a time but we're tied for first place in the league that obviously means something and every game going forward should mean something as well and so learning how to consistently win is huge and with the women beating james madison they were ranked as high as number five in the mid-major poll and on the men's side you've got four teams which at various times this year have been in the top 100 in the net rankings that's part of this league's quest to get multiple teams back to the ncaa tournament we know that hasn't happened in a decade but on the football side look we mentioned it earlier three of the six wins were absolutely landmark getting back to the postseason going to montgomery for the camellia bowl but a lot of the attention lately has been on how quickly the beams have gone up what updates can you provide provide for us on the upcoming IPF? The question is more of a comment I get uh, here recently is, wow, we didn't realize the facility would be that big. You know, I started sure sharing people like, yeah, it's, it's going to, you know, you can, you can assume just if it continues to build out, how much bigger it's going to be. Cause right now it's about halfway up roughly, you know, we had Danny, we were making really good strides. We, we actually had a chance through the process of constructing the IPF to go in back in and the contractors reinforced uh, the, the actual structure itself. And so we're we're a few weeks behind the timeline, but nevertheless, we're still on track to obviously, hopefully, com, you know, complete it by end of April, 1st of May. And just a game changer. You know, I, I think for us, you know, we're really excited to, to show the general public and our fans and donors the facility because, you know, part of, as I mentioned to you, we have 32 game day suites. We're going to go ahead and get those pre-sold. And so part of that is getting that facility up and running. We're also going to get some parking on the Malucky side back on board, which is going to Really, several of those spots will be attributable and, and be sectioned off, really, for, for those with indoor suites. We're also going to have turnkey tailgating in the facility next year. And so a lot of our plans, you know, going forward for the facility, um, and now we're coming to fruition. So we designed it with the intent of obviously being able to use it year-round. And I think that's the piece that gets us so excited is because even though it might be completed, again, end of April, 1st of May, you know, we still have opportunity for baseball and softball and others to use it. And then, of course, this summer when it's 150 degrees outside and June and July and August, you know, our teams can go in there and, and, and still get work in and not have the conditions outside. And so as soon as this facility comes online, it's going to be 
instantly um, impactful to all of our student athletes. But we're obviously looking ahead to this fall, and, and we have a great opportunity to, to, to show that off and show fans what we're going to do with the facility. You know, there was a measure of sacrifice and flexibility that had to be displayed by Eagle Nation this year with having the tailgate lot cut in half. But when you see what this is going to look like at the end, I think it's going to be worth it. Even so, off of 3-9, and nine, still average more than 17,000 fans per game at Paulson Stadium. How would you speak to the continued patience but still passion that Eagle Nation has? Well, listen, I mean, just I know you both a great example. I mean, we, especially towards the end of the year, we had several guys step up, uh, especially non-scholarship guys step up and come up big, right, just in App State and others. And so, you know, I'm really proud of our staff and our student athletes this year for making the most of what we had, both as a roster in the first year, a, a really a rebuild. You know, I'll look at this this upcoming year, you know, we, we signed a great class of was 18 or 19 student athletes in December, 12 transfers uh, last week. And, and listen, we'll probably have a roster spot or two for, for post you know spring practice as well to fill any needs we, we have. And so I've always felt when you're turning a program back around and you're coming off a three nine season, as you mentioned, it's going to take two to three years to get the roster um, where you need it to be ultimately. Because right now, you know, one of the things, and this is a whole, we could do a whole podcast on this, Danny, is roster management really is more challenging than ever because you have a transfer portal, you have damage likeness, and so um, you can sit there and have a two, three-year roster build out, but, but sometimes it, it can it throw you a curveball or two. But I'm really pleased at the direction of what Coach Elton and staff have done relative to filling and addressing those needs. Listen, for most of the year last year, we were a top 30 scoring offense in the country. Yeah. And so obviously we continue to add pieces there. Really excited about the pieces uh, we've added for next year. You know, there's no confusion that we've got to get a lot better on defense, and Coach Elton will be the first one to tell you. But we've added the pieces there. We, we feel like to have more depth, one, but two, impact players. And so really excited about – being excellent on both sides of the ball. And I think that's going to continue. You, know, you look at this past year, you know, three of our losses, we scored over 30 points. And so I'm obviously optimistic, you know, one of year two, you always see progress from year one to year two, and you really see progress year two to year three. So uh, like our home schedule, obviously we have some challenging road games, but listen, those are opponents and teams we're going to play outside of Wisconsin every year. And so, you know, the East is, is a really tough division, but and I think what Coach Heldon's building and, and, and what the staff's building, we're going to be in great contention every year to compete for the division championship, which gets us the championship again. I want to close with something you brought up already, and that's NIL news about Alabama coming out, not just renewing their Learfield agreement, but also creating a designated NIL space as everybody continues to try to figure out how to navigate through this. We know that Georgia Southern has been active in open doors. That's another Learfield engagement. But yeah. where is Georgia Southern headed in regards to NIL? We obviously have spent the last year and a half, you know, the NIL legislation has really been active for 18, almost 19 months now. And so we've done a lot of programming with student athletes. You mentioned the open doors, which is a marketplace for student athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness. But we also do everything for partnering with the College of Business, Parker College of Business, that is, and, and entrepreneurship, uh, small business ownership. We have uh, financial literacy classes as well. So all the things you need, nuts and bolts, while we built out. And obviously excited about in the next couple of months of some exciting news in terms of our support of, of a collective. And we're working towards trying to make sure that uh, everything we're doing internally uh, for our student athletes to continue to help educate them and prepare them to continue to monetize their name, image, and likeness because this space is changing by the day and it's growing by the day. And and we obviously have an obligation and we and, and I'm excited about it, making sure that our student athletes feel that they're supported and they're aware of what's out there because, yeah, it's not only just businesses, it's individuals, it's companies. I mean, it's all types of opportunities. And as this space changes, we want to make sure our student athletes have the same opportunities as, as other student athletes at other big colleges as well. It's going to be a busy spring. It's going to be an exciting spring, and we cannot wait for it. Jared, thanks as always. We'll talk to you later on. Thanks, Danny. Hell Southern. Be back with more Inside Eagle Nation right after this. 
Moore's Bank is proud to be the Georgia Southern football season presenting sponsor. We've got a lot of Eagles on our team, so we know what it means to bleed blue. Believe, lead, understand, and excel are our principles which Moore's Bank was built. Even though things are constantly changing, our commitment to our customers is stronger than ever. Just like the family feel of Georgia Southern, we still say hello when you walk into any of our locations. Because Moore's Bank hasn't forgotten that our customers and communities are what it's really all about. And that's what we mean when we say it pays to bank blue. Morris Bank, member FDIC. Thanks again to Jared Benko for joining us this week. And again, congratulations to Jarek McKinnon for earning a chance to participate in Super Bowl 57 with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of Sundays from now. Jet will be cheering for you from Statesboro and all across Eagle Nation. A reminder for women's basketball at home all weekend, 6 o'clock for Southern Knot State on Thursday. It's the annual whiteout and women and girls in sports day. And then Saturday at 2, Eagles host James Madison for salute to service. Men's basketball on the road to continue and conclude their four-game road trip. Thursday night, they're in Atlanta for Southern Knot State going for the season and sweep at 7 p.m., and then Saturday night in Norfolk, Virginia, against Old Dominion. Eagle Nation, we'll talk to you next week. I'm Danny Reed, and you've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation. You've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation, powered by Learfield, the official podcast of Georgia Southern Athletics. 